there are people that don't even know anything about God mm-hmm. that might be sitting in their living room and all of a sudden they're like, uh, I just need to ask God to forgive me. Wow. wow. Jesus, Jesus, is, Jesus is the son of God. It's going to hit them. They're going to know it, even though they've never been taught it. Amen. Or they may have heard it, but they never accepted it. They're going to just be sitting there. They could be on a street corner, they'd be driving down the road in a car, whatever. And the glory of God's going to be so strong, it's going to start hitting some of these people. And those people are going to go, oh, and they're going to grab the Bible and they're going to go, it says I can do this and I'm going to go do it. Wow. And they'll have it yeah. on them and they can go do it. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us a very special guest, Ivan Tuttle, who's going to be with us for a seminar in March, and we want to invite you to that. But Ivan has had an amazing experience in his life where he died, he went to hell, he went to heaven, and he came back. And now, just recently, the Lord has given him an assignment to release the greater glory. Thanks so much for joining us today for this podcast. We are so excited about what the Holy Spirit is going to do with us together in this conversation, and you are going to be blessed and built up and taken deeper into the things of God. I hope you are hungry. But before we get started, we're going to just remind you, if you haven't already done so, to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net. And have a look around and subscribe to our email lists and get acquainted with what's going on. And you'll find there a thing to click on to go to our event page where you can find what's going on with this event that's coming up with Ivan Tuttle, Releasing the Greater Glory. Well, Ivan, we are delighted to have you with us today. We're so excited about what God is going to do. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, we've chatted a couple times on the phone, but uh, this is our first time to really meet, so to speak, and and we're we're really excited. Uh, can you just start with uh, giving us a, an overview of the miraculous testimony that you had when you died? Absolutely. So what happened, Sharon, is that I, you know, this this was back in 1978, and I know a lot, it kind of blows a lot of people's minds when I tell them that, mm-hmm. but it, when I died and, and came back. And I'm glad uh, you came back. Yeah, so high. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I'd be still in hell. Trust me. Uh, but I, I was able to come back, and um, I had to wait 35 years before I could even talk about it. Wow. You know, and it was just one of those things that you know God said, "You're not." You know, when I was sent back, you can't talk about anything at all. You can't even talk to people about it. You can say you died. You can say you went to hell. You can say you went to heaven, but you can't discuss anything that you saw. Wow. wow. That was it. So anyways, in 1978, um, I'll make a long story short. I, before then, as a kid, I just loved God. And, you know, I just I just love going to church. I was one of those kids that the only thing I wanted was church. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'd go to church seven days a week if I could have. You know, it was my wow. escape from the rest of the world. So I loved church. You were in an abusive situation, weren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. In a very abusive situation. I had a father that would... Uh, 
literally beat me for no reason. Literally. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would beat me until I admitted that I did something wrong. Even if I did nothing wrong, I had to say something or I'd just tell him I did something wrong. Take the beating real quick. Then it wasn't as bad, you know, those type of things. So I, I look forward to church. You know, wow. and I look forward to my heavenly father because he didn't beat me. So, you know, oh my. so yeah, so I learned a lot of things and went through a lot of things like that. Um, but I love God and I couldn't wait, you know, and, and I went to high school and made it through high school and and found out there was a Bible college in, in Brookline, Maine, of all places. It's like a you have to zoom in so far on, on maps or Googles or whatever <laughs> <laughs> to find it. You know, you have to know about where it's at. And it's like, oh, there it is. There's that dot, you know. Uh, School has since moved, but it's someplace else in Maine. I think they call it Faith Bible College now. But what they did is they allowed me to come to school and go to their college absolutely free. Wow. All I had to do was work on their, I had to work on their farm. I knew nothing about farming. I learned a lot about cleaning stalls. I learned a lot about electric <laughs> fences that I didn't want to know. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so there was a lot of things that I learned. But um, the, the number one thing that I learned was, you know, how much I love the Lord and how much I got a, a chance. I finally get to be what I want to do. I wanted to become a pastor. Mm-hmm. I just, I just thought that was the greatest thing on earth to do. And, uh, I just, I just love God, you know, it's just the way I was. And so I was my second year attending, I came home on Christmas break and I went to the store as it was called a gym store, G E M stood for government employee membership store way back then. I don't even know if they're still around anymore. It's like a Costco. And I, I was in that store and there's this girl that worked behind the counter, uh, where the pharmacy section was at. And she started talking to me, which I was, believe it or not, I was so shy. It was unreal. I was mm. extremely shy. I would, I skipped school, being honest, I skipped school. So I didn't have to do book reports. Wow. You know, wow. I didn't want to get up in front of a class, but I wanted to preach the word of God because I felt comfortable in the church, mm. but I didn't feel comfortable in front of people, so, wow. <laughs> but it still wanted to do this, you know? So anyways, um, I came home and this girl spoke to me. And she was a really pretty girl. And she just kept talking to me. And I'm like, wow. All right. And she kept saying, so what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm just wasting time right now. I'm going to go back to college. Oh, really? And so she started talking to me more. She said, hey, look, I'm going on a break. Can we go get a donut? You know, so we went you know, across the street to this donut place. And we got a donut and a cup of coffee. And I didn't have a wallet. Okay. Oh. <laughs> And I told her, I said, well, I don't have my wallet, which I didn't have a wallet, which I wasn't lying. I just don't have a wallet. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I make money here. No problem. You know, so she bought the donuts and she bought the coffee, you know. So anyways, she started talking to me and wanted me to call her. And we started talking and she wanted me to meet her and make a long story short. I didn't go back to Bible college. Wow. I slipped up. I messed up my whole life. I gave up everything. See, see this is the thing. Satan knows exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly what your weakness might be. Yeah. And he'll attack wow. that as much as possible. And if you're not covered with a full armor, and I mean it, you know, mm-hmm. those weaknesses are exposed. Right. And I didn't realize it back then, you know. And so I didn't go back to Bible college. I got into sales. She talked me into getting into sales. And the, the one thing about sales that I learned is if you always told the truth, I took my Christian values with me in that respect. <laughs> if you told the truth, you didn't have to worry about what you said to a customer and they would come back and see you because you never lied to them. Good. And That's I made good. tons of money. By, by the time I was in my 20s, I was making really good money mm. selling cars by then. But when I turned 21, now I had not drank or anything yet. You know, <clears throat> I just did things I shouldn't have done otherwise. 
And I got to drinking when I was 21 and smoking pot the same day. First, Ooh, no, wow. on my 21st birthday. Oh, wow. And I'm such a lightweight. I was hallucinating off of smoking pot. And I drank Harvey Wallbangers, which I don't even know what they are, but they <laughs> they were giving me, giving me these things called Harvey Wallbangers for my 21st birthday. They oh said, my. you got to drink 21 of them. I think I got three oh. or four down. Oh my. I got three or four. That's it. I mean, I'd never drank before in my life, you know? Sick. <laughs> yeah. And then some girl asked me to give her a ride home and I did. And, and, and she started smoking pot and I smoked it with her and I'd never smoked before. So it was like, this is crazy, you know, in my wow. life spiral down, make a long story short. I got into dealing drugs. I was making over six figures a year selling cars, believe it or not, back in the seventies, I was doing great. Wow. wow. I was actually had gotten into management and a whole bunch of different things in the car business. There's so much money to be made back then. It was unreal. And they had the oil embargo and all kinds of other things, you know, happening. All these 73. things were going on. Mm -hmm. But, you know, selling Hondas. And anyways, to make a long story short, I, I backslid. I was selling drugs. I was bringing drugs in from the country of Belize. Mm -hmm. And I was fronting the money for it. And then somebody would distribute it out. And, of course, I'd pick up my own little fair share for myself, personal use. And, you know, I had a lot, to be honest with you. You know, I kept a lot around. I messed up my life. Next thing you know, I'm on a, I used to dance to disco dance. I know it's hard to believe, you know, the old <laughs> platform shoes that were like three inch platforms in the oh, front, wow. you know, the heel was like eight, 10 inches tall or nine inches, whatever it was. <laughs> and, and I used to wear those with a flare bell bottom pants, oh, you know, yeah. oh, shirts wow. unbuttoned yeah. down to the belly button, you know, oh, wow. think yeah. you're really something, you know, you're really hot. So, you know? <laughs> 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 but I was at these clubs every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night dancing, you know, and one Thursday night, I'm at this club and I'm dancing. And the next thing you know, I'm have this pain in my left calf. And this pain was severe pain. And I'm like, okay, let's see what this is. I, I tried to get rid of it. I couldn't dance anymore that night. I went home around midnight, which is unusual. I usually don't leave until one, two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I went home. I had this pain. I, I, the pain wouldn't go away for several days. I finally went to a doctor, this little... I know he had a Polish accent. I can't, I can't imitate it, but he sat there and he looked at my legs and he goes, look, he says, you have thrombone phlebitis. I never heard of that word before. I thought he said I had a trombone in my leg or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that meant my leg just kind of slipped out of place, like a trombone slide back and forth. And I'm, I'm like, well, what's a trombone phlebitis thing? I said, what is it? He says, no thrombone. He says, it's a, it's a blood clot. He says, I think you have one because your leg is really swollen. And he said, you need to go to the hospital. In fact, he called the hospital and I left his office saying, there's no way I'm going to the hospital. You know, blood cluster for old people. So I left, mm -hmm. went home. A few days later, I had to go to the hospital because my leg was so big. It was almost wow. as big as my thigh, my calf was. Wow. And it was all different kinds of colors. So wow. I went to the hospital. They wouldn't let me move. Nothing. They put me on a stretcher, threw me in the hallway and then took me down to some room. I'm allergic to the IVP dye. I found out when I was 12. So they did something. I was the first person in the, in the country that ever had something called a radioactive retrograde uptake to find a blood clot. Oh my! So they injected some radioactive material in me and then they watched, they put me underneath this great big, huge round Geiger counter, basically. Oh man. And they had this screen that would show where it was going at my body and wasn't going down that leg at all. Wow. So they said, yep, you have a blood clot. They put me in a hospital. I went through 10 days of torture, not being able to smoke, not being able to do drugs, not drinking, mm. not partying, nothing. That was terrible for me. You know? mm. wow. So then the doctor released me and said, okay, go home. So uh, I went home and, and before I went home, I went out and borrowed, you know, 
the nurse's station phone because we didn't have cell phones back then. So (laughs) and called a bunch of girls and finally found one that could come over and fix me something to eat. And and she brought some kind of liquor with her. I don't know what it was. Anyway, she met me there about five o'clock, about the same time I got home, went in, she fixed some food. And whatever liquor she had was the most horrible tasting stuff. I took one sip and I was done with that. But of course, I had to smoke a joint right away. I didn't do any other kind of drugs that night. I just I just smoked some pot. And by nine o'clock, which was so rare for me, even the whole time I'm in the hospital, even to this day, nine o'clock, I just don't go to bed at nine o'clock. It's like, why do you go to bed at nine o'clock? How can anybody do that? You know? I'm like up till one, two o'clock in the morning. Even now, I still am. You're a night owl. and, and then I get up at five, six o'clock in the morning. I have no problem, you know, wow. and I prefer to sleep into seven, but you know, if I can't, I don't, I just get up and go. <laughs> so, but that night I went to bed. I, I can remember. I was like, I told the girl, I said, just, just stay out here and watch TV or something, you know? And I, I said, I, I just don't feel good. I, I'm going to go lay down. And I remember going in there. I had one of those big free flotation water beds and I went in there and I laid down on my left side. And the reason why I did that, I had something called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy where my heart with muscles were too tight. They were too strong, mm. which is a, a hereditary disease that everybody in my family has. Oh, wow. uh, you can't get rid of it without a heart transplant. That's the only way. Wow. So I went in there and I laid down on my left side because they tell you if you sleep on your left side, it helps the blood flow better. You know, it's easier for the heart to work. Hmm. And uh, I never knew that before, but that's what I found out. It's, it puts less pressure on it. Don't sleep on your stomach. If you sleep on your right side, you got it leaning up against everything. But if you sleep on your left side, it, it's just freer flowing. So Interesting. I went ahead and did that. I laid my head down and something happened. I felt really weird as soon as I put my head down. And the next thing you know, there's something to come into the room and grab the hold of my left wrist out from underneath of me and yanked me up and pulled me straight up out of the bed. And I'm thinking, uh, uh-uh. uh, now I had taken martial arts for 14 years hmm. and I know if I punch somebody, I'm either going to break something or knock them out. And I came back and I hit this thing as hard as I could. It had no effect whatsoever. And I hit it a couple of times. I mean, this is all within like two, three seconds of doing this. And I'm thinking, okay, this has got to be a nightmare. I just, I, I just going to reach and turn the light switch on. And I reached my hand over to turn the light switch on. My hand went through the wall mm. at that point in time, instantly is it's, it's like takes a few seconds, but all of a sudden, you know, you're dead, your spirit, all of a sudden your spirit knows everything. And my spirit knew everything at that time. Wow. I mean, you know, more than Google Siri than anything else mm. you just do. Your spirit just does. And I turned around and I looked and I'm laying in the bed and I went, "Uh Oh, this is a demon. And he's taking me to, and before I could say the word hell, we're almost in hell. I mean, we were translated that fast and we're in hell. And, and, and I'm not going to go into all the details about all the people that I saw in hell. And, but the thing I will say is that everybody that you look at, you instantly know every single thing about their life, Mm -hmm. every single thing about their life, no matter what it is, you know, from the day they were born, you knew everything about their life. You knew why they were in hell. You knew why they missed out. You knew if they were backslidden, you knew if they were not backslidden, if they'd never been introduced to, I mean, you knew every single, you knew every single sin that they did, Mm. every good thing, every, and here's the surprising part about it. They could see that in me. Mm. How embarrassing is that? All the sin I committed behind closed doors and everything else. They're looking at that and they're seeing that in me. They know everything. It's an embarrassing, embarrassing moment. Mm. And, and everybody's screaming, they're being tortured. So I go past, past these people, the demon's going to take and put me in my final resting place. And, um, can can I ask a question? 
just, oh, please do. Just before that, I know I know what happens next because I've heard your story, but um, I have heard other people who have had a, a, a hell experience and come back for from it say, I became my sin. Was was that your experience as well? Well, you are nothing but sin when you're there. Uh, mm. You got to realize it. You're nothing but sin. Here's Here's the key factor in it all. As long as you're alive, you have hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you die, it's hopeless. Now, in heaven, you don't need hope. But in hell, you wish you could have hope because you're in a place that's horrible, the torture, everything going on. But, and I, I've said this every time, if you jump out of a perfectly good airplane at 15,000 feet above, above the ground and you have no parachute, first of all, that's not too smart to do. But if you were to do that and everything on the earth is concrete or rock, and when you land on the earth, you're going to land on your head. Not on your feet. You're going to land on your head. You know, you're doing what, what, 90 miles an hour or better. You're going to land on your head. And when you hit, you have more hope that you're going to get up and walk away from that like nothing ever happened than you do when you're in hell. <sighs> see, there's no hope. Mm-hmm. You see, when you're in hell, there's absolutely no hope. It's the most hopeless thing. And I think that's the thing that gripped me the most wasn't just the sin. It was the fact that this is it. This is it. You are not going anywhere. You're not going to get out of it. You're done for the rest of eternity. And 100 million billion years isn't even a click of a second Mm. in eternity. It's nothing. We can't fathom that in the flesh, but in the spirit, your spirit goes, I got it, you know? Mm -hmm. And you know that, oh man, it's like, You'll never get out. You'll never, ever, ever. Your prayers are hitting an iron ceiling. They go nowhere. There's nothing. There's no prayer allowed, really. I mean, you're crying out to God for no reason whatsoever. There's people that are there for thousands of years. There's people just arriving, and all of them are doing the same thing. They're all suffering the same way, every one of them. Mm -hmm. Every one of them wants out, but they know they can't get out, but they keep screaming because of the torture and the pain. And it's so intense. It's just so intense. So... This demon's taking me and he's putting in my final place. My final place means I'm going to be like, there's something strapped around you. You know, there's something around you, but you can't do anything about it. It's there. And you, all you can do is move your arms around and move your legs around. You're not going anywhere. You're just stuck. You'd like suspended animate, suspend it right there. You just, you go nowhere. And there's people right next to you <clears throat> and the demons are torturing everybody all at the same time. They don't care. They're no respecter of person. Mm-hmm. In fact, the more sin that you've done in your life, the more they like you, trust me. And if you have been a Christian, the, the ridicule and everything never stops. And in the flesh, when you have pain, the one thing, one mechanism God put into us in the flesh is great. If the pain gets too severe, we just black out. In the spirit, you don't do that because your spirit never sleeps. Your spirit never rests. Wow. So you just endure the pain and it gets worse and worse and worse. So then the angel's getting ready to do this. The angel says, this is it. You're in your final place. And a voice rang out. Mm. The voice said, you must let him go. It's not his time. I made a promise to his mother. Hallelujah. Wow. Instantly, this demon that had a hold of me, that gripped me and had me and was going to destroy me forever instantly let go of me. And as soon as he let go of me, boom, I was, I was in heaven. Wow. I mean, I was at the gates of heaven and greeted by an angel. And the hopelessness that you feel in hell is one thing. But once you get to heaven, 
the most euphoric feeling you could ever imagine comes over you. You feel so good. Mm-hmm. You're like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, everything is like, oh, wow. You know, and I was just on the outside of heaven feeling this. Okay. At the time. Wow. And I'm like, oh, and the smells and the horrible sounds that you hear down there, you don't have that smell up there. It's pure. It's clean. It has a beautiful smell. I can't explain it. it you know, the smell of heaven is so different. It's jasmine, I don't know, jasmine, lilacs, I don't, every flower you can imagine, but it, it's just sweet. Oh, you can almost taste it. So, but I'm greeted by this big angel and this angel's like, I'm, I'm going to estimate seven feet tall. It could have been 10. I don't know. Wow. And, and the angel told me, he put out his hand and he says, look, he says, you have to hold my hand because you're not ready to be in heaven by yourself. Mm. You have to be escorted by me. Do not let go of my hand. Wow. And I'm like. He says, because if you do, you're going right back to hell. <laughs> oh, my. So I'm like, death grip on that hand. <laughs> you know? I wasn't letting go of his hand. That was it. And this angel took me into heaven, showed me all kinds of things. I don't want to get into all the details. So I want people to come and, and, and listen and, and hear the things. But I was shown buildings. I was shown everything. Uh, I was shown things about aborted children that are in heaven. Mm-hmm. I was shown all these things. I, I mean, tell you, uh, aborted, stillborn miscarried. I, I got to see where they're at in heaven. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you more about that. It's just so many things. Heaven is just, ah, I want to go home every day, <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm sure. yeah. but I can't, I, I have a, a while to go. So a long while still. You got to see something about creation. I did. I got to see the earth in a timeline. I watched from the beginning and here's the crazy thing about it. Now, when I read and everything I do, I go from left to right. We all do that. But when I was in heaven and I'm watching creation and I'm looking through time, it's like a timeline. Uh, if you were to take, this is a perfect example. I just happen to have this in my room here. If you were to take a measuring tape, you know, and you look at a measuring tape, like, you know, okay, so we can measure it. Well, that's the way I saw everything in the timeline. It was like, but it was from the right to left. Mm-hmm. I saw the beginning of earth. I saw how the earth was formed, made. I watched the things that happened. I watched all the way through Old Testament, New Testament, things that aren't in the Testament, mm-hmm. into the future, way into the future, you know, and it doesn't mean that God can't come at any time, but he just showed me a lot of things in the future. I mean, he can come whenever he wants, you know, it's his prerogative, you know. Yeah. So I got to see all of these things in watching the creation. Okay, so, you know, this will probably baffle some people. Um, and if you read it in Genesis, it said, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. But he didn't say that was the first day. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the heavens and earth were created way before. Hmm. They were just there. And then God came down. Now, it says so in the Bible, it says the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus tells you, God is spirit, worship him, spirit and truth. So God himself came down and moved all over, around and through. He didn't just hover over the water. Why would he do that? He moved all around and through the water. And the reason why he did that, he was taking the water of the earth and preparing it for life. Mm. unlike any other planet in our solar system. He was preparing it for life for man. He was preparing it to set man or mankind up on earth so that he had somebody to come and talk with, commune with, and and chat with, and and explain things and talk about things. Hmm. So he did this. Now, when he did this, despite what a lot of people think, 
there was light in heaven, but the light, well, the light that was there was the glory of God that was all over the earth. Mm. I mean, all over. And that was nothing okay. but water, but he was over. Now, here's the thing I want you to think about. Every ounce of water that we have today, every single ounce that we have today was here back then. Wow. Wow. Every ounce of water that we have on this earth has had God's glory on it. Now, here's a key secret. God's glory never wears off of anything that it comes on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So mm. when you drink water, God's glory is on that water. Beautiful. And Beautiful. God's glory comes into you. Right. When you shower or bathe, however you do it, God's glory is all over you. And the thing is, we don't realize that. We don't think about that. Why do you think Jesus got baptized in water? He didn't have any sins to be forgiven, did he? Right. So he went down out of the water. And when he came up, the glory of God came down on him. People say like a dove because they could just see it. They could sense it. They could feel it. They knew there was something just awesome and different. When he came up out of the water, he was what? He was wet. The glory was all over him. Wow. Why do you think Jesus walked on water? Why do you think Moses was able to separate water? Why do you think water is mentioned more than anything else in the Bible 722 times? Think about it. There's a lot to it. Wow. And so I mean, I'm, I'm not here to big kick on that, but I, I'm just telling you, there's something that something that we've missed when we read the Bible. There's oh, yeah. something that we just go, oh, I yeah. got to see it. You know, yeah, I've got I watched as he made Adam, you know, out of the dust of the earth. You know, I watched all these things that happened, you know, and I watched him take the dust of the earth because the earth hadn't been watered yet. Nothing. I mean, nothing had happened yet. You know, the springs haven't the, the dew wasn't out, nothing. And then God just took it. And he formed him. Mm -hmm. He made him like him. Arms, legs, head, face. Adam was a nice looking guy. He didn't have a belly button, but he was a nice looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell everybody that. And I never thought about that. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have wondered. <laughs> but, but then when he breathed, you know, he just <sighs> into the nostrils of Adam. What he did. Here's, here's the thing people don't understand. Adam was alive when he made him. He was already alive. Blood was flowing through his veins. That's how he made him. His heart was pumping. Hmm. He was alive, but he had nothing going on upstairs. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> oh, when wow. God breathed into him, the spirit came into him and lit the brain up. Wow. wow. Oh, Interesting. Wow. Boy, we could chew on that one for a while. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that's just some of the things that I saw. I mean, yeah. I could go into so many things. And, and when I'm there, I want to talk about the Tower of Babel, you know, what happened there, mm. you know, because that's a real important thing that we've missed. We've missed it so much. And I, I got to see what happened there. You know, uh, I could tell you about what happened when they ate the fruit. <clears throat> and there's so many other things I can tell you. I'm going to tell you more about Adam and Eve because uh, you need to know some things. A lot of people don't realize things about Adam and Eve. And if I told you there were other people in the garden, most people would go like, what do you mean other people in the garden? Well, I'll explain that when I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listener, you better show up. <laughs> yeah. You can go to Even our website and register now. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. So you saw lots of things from the Bible, right? You saw yes. incidents yes. and and things that happened. So you you have kind of like a a different viewpoint than than we might get just from reading because there's there's uh, sort of like Paul Harvey used to say the rest of the story. Yeah. And here's the rest of the story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not Paul Harvey, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of things. I mean, like even in the New Testament, like when we think about things, I'll give you a little, like Peter, when, when Peter had his shadow would fall on people. That didn't just happen once. Mm-hmm. It happened a lot with Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched as Peter got up in the morning and he was in this little place that he was staying at and he gets up and he goes down. He had to walk down the street to get to where there was some drinking water. Mm-hmm. you know, and some water to just kind of wash himself that people didn't have any at the place that day, that night, they had used it all up because he used to put it in pictures and things. And he walked down there. And as he's walking down there, his shadow in the morning, because he's going towards the East mm-hmm. and his shadows behind him and, it, and it's offset just a little bit. And it hits somebody that can't walk and they get up and walk. Glory wow. to God. <laughs> wow. It hits somebody that can't see and they can see. Mm-hmm. I mean, people used to just stand around waiting for him. Wow. You know, and people don't realize this. This is the thing that happened with him. This is the glory, as we're talking about, that we're going to be walking into. Oh, Amen. This is part Jesus. of the glory Hallelujah. that's going to be released mm. at your place. Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, wow. So just kind of kind of give you an idea. So, you know, those are the things that I saw. So you know, I, I could go into great detail, but I want people to come. I want people to listen. I want mm-hmm. them to experience it because when I talk about these things, there's something that's released mm-hmm. every single time. Something gets released into the people, the people get it, they sense it, they feel it, they experience it. And that's what God wants. God wants people to, there has to be this tangible experience. You can listen to things. You can listen to podcasts, which I love them, you know, videos, which I do those. I do a ton of those myself. You know, all, all types of, you can do that. But when you're actually there, mm-hmm. there's something about the presence of God yes. that's wow. in a place. Yes. That, yeah. and, and, and there's different portals, whatever you want to call it, that are around this world. And when you're in that place and God's glory is flowing, mm-hmm. it's not just meant for whoever's speaking. Right. It's not just meant for the head of the It's meant for everybody because this last global glory outpouring that's supposed to be going is for the people, not for the pastors. Right. Wow. Right. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not for the leaders. It's for the people. Now the leaders are still going to be the leaders. Mm-hmm. They're going to help orchestrate things. that are going to be done, but it's the people that are going to be doing it just like they did in the first century church, but greater, yes, greater, yes. greater. Yes. And when that glory hits, ah, oh, mm-hmm. and it's already hitting in pockets. So yes. we'll talk about that too. So, Oh, that's wonderful. You know, I, I see the book of Acts as like the seed form or the first fruits form of what's yes. coming. That, yes. That it's, you know, it's it's like when the priest went out and gathered the, the first fruits. He, you know, there's there's a whole harvest, but there's there's one that's ripe here and there's one that's ripe there and there's one that's ripe. And he gathered those ones and waved them before the Lord. To me, that's what the book of Acts is like. And it was totally glorious. But what's coming? is like the whole harvest of that. Yeah, it's going to be so much greater. You have no idea. I mean, you you, you do, but... <laughs> no, we can't conceive of it. No. Our oh. finite minds can't understand that complete glory. We can't. But we can experience it and flow in it mm-hmm. and move in it. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to experience the flow it and move in it unless you're a part of it. Right. And, and when God releases his glory in places, when I go to places and his glory gets released... The people that are there, I would be blunt. I mean, I like people when they watch, they can get a portion of it. But when you're there, you get this glory on you and you experience something you've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. You just do. Yeah. 
And, and I have people that are in groups, congregations, whatever you want to call them, it, you know, at the retreats, whatever. And they start operating in things they've never knew they could operate in. Amen. Thank because you, it's Jesus. not it's not knowledge of the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got that. But what it becomes is that his glory comes over and, and just encompasses everything, everything about you. It's mm-hmm. so strong and it's so powerful and it's there and it's all over you. And you start operating in something. But then the, the secret of it is when you're there and you get it, you take it away with you. It doesn't die if you give it away to somebody else. That's right. <laughs> the more that you give it away, the more God's going to give it back to you. So if you start giving it away to people, and start praying with people and start laying hands on people and start seeing manifestations of things that God has for you to do. And you watch that grow and grow and grow. The next thing you know, you get stronger in it and it gets more powerful in you. And it becomes so strong in you that you can actually be like Peter. Amen. Hallelujah. And Thank you, Lord. Not just that, you can actually become like Jesus. Well, that's, mm, that yeah, that that's... would be the goal. <laughs> Right. But a lot of people are like, I don't know about Jesus. You know, well, hey, look, let's start with Peter and then go on. Okay? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. And, your way up. <laughs> because Jesus tells us that every one of us are supposed to do that. Yes. Yeah. That is the goal. He didn't say just a few people, kids. So he said everybody. So Yes. Hmm. Yes. You know, a, a thought occurred to me while you were talking about this glory. You mentioned earlier about when you were in hell that you how how did you put it about? I I, I was asking, uh, did you become your sin? But you you said you you, you are were, you, you were, were sin. sin. Yeah. Uh-huh. You you were all of your sin. So, is this the flip side of this, and greater that we become the glory as our yes. spirit becomes becomes knit? Because the way that it it's designed, our spirit becomes right completely one with the Holy Spirit. Even when we, we get spirit filled, but but this is this is just an increase of the glory. We're we're meant to be walking like that. This is God's purpose. Well, the the key is, and it's written in the Bible. There's some keys in the Bible that we sometimes we need to find out what those keys are and what it unlocks. Mm-hmm. But this key unlocks is that when you're in the glory, darkness can't handle the light. True. Mm-hmm. So the more you become full of his glory, the more you get deeper into his love, his glory, his everything, the deeper you get into that, guess what? The less darkness is there. Amen. You want depression to leave you. You want anxiety to leave you. You want evil thoughts to leave you. You want want unnatural thoughts to leave you. You want um, sexual thoughts to leave you. I mean, all these things. The more you get into the glory of God, Mm -hmm. the less room those things have. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Light has no place with darkness. Darkness has no place with light. As soon as the light is shining, darkness has to flee. Yeah. Amen. Uh So when you learn this and you get into the glory, which we'll talk about that when I'm there, once you get into this glory, there's something on you that does not go away. Amen. Unless you walk away from it. Yeah. But once you start taking it and you start giving it away, as I keep saying, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to grow and grow and grow inside you where you don't care what happens. I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, look at Stephen. 
I mean, and people don't go around getting stoned to death today. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, people get stoned today, but not to yeah. death. You know, it's it's a different thing they talk about. But it's it's like, yeah, it's just it, it's amazing how when you walk in his glory, it, it, it opens your eyes for so many things. You know, mm. uh, wow. wow, it just does. Wow. wow. You know, and, and it's available real, real quick. It's available to anybody. Anybody, if you want, you don't have to be like digging into, I mean, you need to dig into the word. That's not what I mean. You don't have to be one of these people that have been spending the last 20 years in it. You can be a fresh, brand new Christian, walk into this meeting, boom, it hits you. It's on you. Boom. You've got something that people have been doing this for 40, 50 years can't get Hmm. because they're blindsided. They don't want to accept the glory. They're like, oh, I'm into this. That's Mm it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm into rules and regulations. Right. You 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 place yourself <laughs> wow. under limitations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I believe that we're we're on the verge and probably it's already happening in pockets, as you said earlier, um, yes. that there are people who know absolutely nothing that are gonna just jump into this and and it'll be important for those of us who do know the word of God to help to steward those and help them, absolutely. Help them s- stay on the rails uh, w- in agreement with the word of God. Uh, but they're, they're going to be, um, they're going to be ready to, to walk in what God intended us to walk in in the first place. I mean, if you go back to Mount Sinai, God really wanted all of his people to be a kingdom of priests. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's and, exactly what he wanted. And that's, oh. that's what he wants still today. And, He's releasing the glory so that we can. Well, here's the thing is that when I watch this from heaven and I watch the glory being released from heaven, you know, in, in, in our end times and, and I'm seeing it released. There are people that don't even know anything about God mm-hmm. that might be sitting in their living room and all of a sudden they're like, uh, I just need to ask God to forgive me. Wow. Uh, Jesus is is the son of God. It's going to hit them. They're going to know it, even though they've never been taught it. Or they may have heard it, but they never accepted it. They're going to just be sitting there. They could be on a street corner, be driving down the road in a car, whatever. And the glory of God is going to be so strong. It's going to start hitting some of these people. And those people are going to go, ah, and they're going to grab the Bible and they're going to go, it says I can do this and I'm going to go do it. Wow. And they'll have it yeah. on them and they can go do it. They, no, no offense. I mean, everybody should learn things from classes is great, but this is something that's going to happen. And as it happens, people are just going to take it and run with it. Oh, praise God. And, and, and forget this. Well, you know, you're not seasons enough to go lay hands on people. You know, <laughs> know. You're, 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 you know you're, you've got to be in the church here for at least a couple more years. And then, you know, we'll, we'll let you come up front and pray for people. Maybe, you know, we'll put wow. you through a special class and, you know, and then, then this and then that. <laughs> when this glory hits, yeah, there's no denying it because it's the power of God yes. that's doing this, not man. It's yeah. not what you've learned. It's not how you say things. Right. You don't even have to say anything. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. go up and lay your hands on somebody. Boom, something will happen. Amen. Thank you, you know? Jesus. Hallelujah. I mean, this, this is the Thank glory you, that we've been seeking and wanting and getting. And God is distributing this in little pockets. Yes. Because it's no man's revival. It's mm-hmm. not a revival. In fact, to be blunt with you, revivals are really going to be a thing of the past. Hallelujah. Because God doesn't want you dead and be revived right. again. Right. Why call it a revival? Just call it the glory outpouring because that's what it is. Yeah. And, and, and oh, 
I could go on and on for hours on that one. <laughs> well, how about we make a pause and and let's uh, let's have you back for another episode. And, Absolutely. And we can talk some more about releasing the greater glory. But in the meantime, would you pray for the people who are listening to this episode? Sure. Heavenly Father, let, we just ask you now, God, just just to come into the rooms that they're at, the car they're at, their motorhome, wherever they're at right now, God. Heavenly Father, their place of business, wherever they're at, I just invite you, Holy Spirit, to move on these people. God, let your glory start being released ahead of time. Let them get a taste of it. Let them feel it. Let them feel your presence. God, I pray that they will come and experience this outpouring God like they've never experienced before. That Heavenly Father, I just pray for them right now that if anybody is broken, Yes. broken hearted, broken down, downtrodden, don't know what's going on in life. They feel like they're just lost. They're not. Yes. Let them know right now, God, that you are there, that your presence is in that room with them right now. And that God, you are there to heal them, to help them, to bring them along. So God, anybody that's listening to this, that has a broken heart, God's going to heal that right now. I feel his presence so strong right now. Jesus. Broken hearts are being healed right now in Jesus name broken hearts are being healed. I don't normally say things like that, but that's what God shows me right now. Broken hearts are being healed because there's people that are watching this who've got broken hearts. And, and Heavenly Father, I just pray that you just emphasize into their heart and their spirit that they need to come and they need to experience this, God, because it's so important. But God, if they can't come, I pray, God, you can still bless them. And just help the people that are struggling out there today, God. Help them that are struggling with their finances, with everything, God. Bring the light things, God, that you want them to bring the light, God, that you want to have brought to light to them so they can see how to get out of these things. Yes, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And we just want to encourage you, listener, that uh, please come if you can. And if you cannot come, we will be planning to stream this to our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. So you can tune in there. But as uh, as Ivan said, it's not quite the same as yeah. being present in the presence. So we welcome you to come here. Just go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and find the event and register and come. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. <laughs>